Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Into the Cosmos, Loop Beta Apes, and Marketplace Launch, hosted by SuperTerra. Let's take a listen. Good morning, Simon. Morning, morning. Excellent. Here we are uh, for our regular weekly spaces. I think we've got the, 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 main, the main good folks up here already. So uh, apologies as always, Simon, for the, the incredibly early start, your side of things. Um, and, uh, but great, as always, to, to, to do these uh, regular weekly spaces. Uh, this one, uh, they're all special, but this one is particularly special because we're really going to explore in depth the long anticipated and eagerly awaited uh, NFT marketplace from Loop, which is something that I and many others have been looking forward to the launch thereof for uh, quite some time. So, so, so no pressure, Jay, <laughs> as, we, as we look to really kind of dive into yeah, the very first collection. Um, and also the kind of the, the activities that, uh, the, that the Loop NFT marketplace will be doing. Obviously, in addition, we always have uh, lots of other potential guests popping up later. So looking forward to that. And, and uh, as generically, uh, we're all about into the cosmos because there's so many opportunities there. So that is that is probably going to be the on running uh, general title for the for the uh, for the session. So, Jay, great to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Can you guys, can, I, can you hear me all right? <laughs> Marvelous, loud and clear, although we do seem to have lost Simon, so I don't know what's happened there. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back momentarily. Uh, yes, no, can hear you loud and clear. And um, as I say, for, for, for those uh, that have been long-term listeners of, of, of our sort of regular program, uh, we, we've talked uh, on many, many occasions about Loop, but particularly, obviously, um, in recent times, post the, uh, the dreaded events of mid-May, uh, the, the, re the rebirth uh, and the cathartic opportunities to really kind of kick on um, in new chains and, and, and new areas. And obviously, Loop recently announced the, uh, the move to Juno. Um, so it'd be great to really kind of uh, give you the floor and, and give you a good opportunity to talk all about the, the excitement that, that's coming up with the launch of the marketplace. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the whole switch over to Juno was very um, surprisingly quick for us. We, we knew when um, things weren't looking so hot for um, Terra that we wanted to go to Juno. It was um it was interesting to hear to to be in the conversations. Yeah, I know I'm 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 the lead over at the NFT marketplace, but um just hearing some of our founders talk about the best places to go and the group conversations about it. And Juno is definitely for us. Um so now we're getting to the point where we're actually um getting ready to launch the marketplace. Um I am currently internally beta testing the site and i am impressed so and i'm not an easy person to um to be impressed anybody on the team knows that so i'm actually impressed 
But with that being said, I know I need multiple phases of beta testing. So I am doing, I've, I've completed our very small internal beta testing. We're going to open up a little bit more to do additional internal beta testing. And then we are going to launch the beta testing whitelist event. And that is where our army of beta testers that we've had since we were in Terra and some NFT projects and um, some protocols are going to come and help us beta test. But the benefit to this one, as opposed to other beta uh, testing events or um, periods, is that we are going to do it on mainnet. And we are actually going to have these testers mint our, our very first reward NFTs to test them. Um, they're going to be able to go to our level up launch pad. They'll be the first live users of them. They're going to, um, they're going to get their reward NFTs. They'll have the chance to do everything you can do with a reward NFT. And that includes stake it for rewards over a time frame. Um, or you're going to be able to go sell it at either the marketplace or our auction. So there's going to be a lot of uh, crazy things going on during this time frame, but the interesting part of it is is that um, non-white listed people can go and view the um, NFT marketplace at this time. You'll be able to view. You'll be able to purchase um, one of these beta tester NFTs if somebody decides to sell it. Although there are reasons not to sell it, but there will inevitably be people that will sell it. Um, you will be able to purchase it. Although I would caution you on the price. <laughs> <laughs> I, I anticipate there to be a, a slight frenzy, but I don't think anybody should spend significant amounts of money on a beta test rate. Um, the only future utility will be whitelisting to our main Spaced Apes collection. So keep that in mind. And there will be other ways for people to get on that whitelist. Um, I think the real benefit to owning this beta tester NFT will be solely that you are the first person testing it you were the first person to test out a reward NFTs. So it's more of a notch on the belt than something that anybody should spend tons of money on. Um, after that, well, let, let's, let's pause for a second. Is anybody, do you have any questions? Because I will go on forever. Uh, actually, <laughs> I would, oh, sorry, uh, Jay, I would love you um, to, to like uh, potentially rewind back to, um, to like day one for maybe some users on here that, that don't um, fully understand the, uh, NFT marketplace and how it's different from a regular NFT marketplace. So could you maybe give like a, a short uh, breakdown of, of what does it mean to be a DeFi NFT marketplace and how does that look and potentially how does that uh, look for both projects and uh, like both pro protocols and NFT projects just from like a high level? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I am turbo right now. Um, all right. So our DeFi NFT marketplace is different um, than your traditional marketplace because we are focused on adding additional utility to our NFTs. Um, the most prominent and the first um, utility that we are going to give to our NFTs are token rewards. And so when I say reward NFT, I mean this NFT will be staked for tokens. Um, so that is our primary. Um, uh, product at the moment. And, and then when you, and, and the reward in a T though, isn't just, um, when you think about it in terms of just getting tokens, it kind of opens up 
multiple different opportunities for protocols, DAOs, and um, projects in general, even NFT projects that don't have tokens potentially. Um, the reason is, is you get a value add to your NFT art if you're a standard NFT project. And um, if there are some um, NFT projects that we will be helping with providing um, tokens, um, this is not free tokens. This is um, a means to use a portion of your NFT proceeds to go towards staking ability. Um, for your NFT. So that's one of the use cases is that now our NFTs or community NFTs or PFP NFTs, um, they can now add tokens. Other utility cases include, um, for, how about I give an example of what we at Loop are using our reward NFTs for in, in this um, DeFi marketplace. Um, our first use case is um, all of our users from Terra who were invested in owned loop are getting reward NFTs as a way to secure their previous investment in loop. And there's more breakdowns of how this is going to happen on our community site. So I would encourage anybody to go look there. Um, Tom has actually put out a significant amount of information on this. But when you uh, get your reward NFT and it'll be given to you via airdrop, you will come to our site, you will stake it, and you will start to earn back your loop NFTs over, I believe, a period of 12 months. So that's another use case. Like if you are on Terra and you wanted a good automatic way to start giving back your tokens to your followers, um, following our model that I just laid out would be a, a good idea, I think. And so, um, oh, you got a question, Simon? Am I going? Yeah, no, just no, that's, that's a great point. Uh, I have a question in terms of, so what if I set up a wallet and then I want to transfer this to another wallet or I uh, potentially want to sell this reward NFT? How does that yes. work with the tokens and the staking? Yeah. So that's a great point. Um, it's actually one of the best points that I'm gonna bring up. You can you can move your reward NFT to any wallet you want. So now any wallet can be associated with your, um, your position in Loop, right? Um, even better is suppose you want to um, get out of your position in Loop. You don't wanna wait 12 months for this reward NFT to give you tokens. That's fine. You can sell it on the market. Um, you're no longer locked in, essentially. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see like what kind of value or what kind of um, price points that people start to sell their positions for and what kind of price points people will buy them for. Um, that's the experimental part. But the cool part is you are no longer locked in with a lot of other um, models that are giving, or, uh, protocols that are giving back their tokens they are locking up your tokens. You can't sell them. You can't do anything with them um, until you earn them back over your vesting period. But now that's not an issue. Not so how does good. that work? Um, so j just to add to that, just real quick, is it, it, when you when you unstake, it pauses the tokens. Uh, the, it po pauses the staking of your tokens, and yes. that NFT has tokens attached to it, and that gets transferred to the new user. So um, if I sell this NFT it's sold with the remaining amount of tokens 
locked into that NFT so that you can sell it with the tokens attached to it rather than losing that on transfer. You got it. That's exactly what happens. So when you get your staking NFT or your reward NFT, you can stake it um, and you'll get your tokens. If you decide to stop taking it, staking it and you want to sell it, you would have to take it out of the staking contract. At this point, you are no longer getting new tokens and the tokens um, that you've claimed from the reward NFT will not be visible anymore, will not be um, be able to be gained from a user anymore because you've already taken them. So you would take your reward NFT over to our secondary marketplace and that's where you would sell it. It'll automatically show like the user looking to buy how much is left on the reward NFT, what the staking terms are, all these different details that are necessary for them to glean if it's a good investment for them or rather a good um, I don't know, position for them to take, right? Yeah, just to potentially like add a couple more like use cases or um, expansion to how this could be potentially powerful for not just NFT projects, but uh, protocols as well on top of it is there's so much composability that can be built with this. Think about, you know, creating uh, cool um, like vested positions, for example, like, you know, we're building an IDO launch pad and think about being able to create vested positions in IDOs as, as NFTs that, that are, you know, vest over time that can be sold early, right? Almost like an OTC, like an early OTC deal or even airdrops in the cosmos, right? If you want to create more strategic airdrops as, you know, the landscape changes and, you know, you don't want to just dump, you just want don't want to just send out a whole bunch of airdrops that can be dumped or, you know, kind of potentially skirt around. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say skirt around securities issues, but I probably shouldn't say that, that around here, but, um, you know, really creating an NFT that you can drop to a whole bunch of people and, but that's vested over six months. So the users can't, you know, collect all the tokens at once, but they kind of get an NFT that, you know, maybe they can um, have tokens over a period of time and they can still sell that early or trade that or send that to other wallets. Uh, yeah. And you're not, you're jumping a whole bunch of it, it like tokens in one hit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're getting at is that there is some sort of token protection when you use a reward NFT. And what I, what I mean by that is if something is locked, if your tokens are locked up in a reward NFT, they can't be dumped. Sure, the reward NFT can be sold, but your tokens are still secure in this. And so I've thought a lot about this, and even you and me have talked about this as you're working over at Eclipse. Um, when you want to think of an alternative to like a, a token sale, you probably want to be careful with how much is in reward NFTs because you probably want, you don't want to use, I, I think you wouldn't want to use a reward NFT, NFT as your primary means for IDO simply because that means now your tokens are essentially, um, the price of your tokens is determined by the reward NFT. But if only a portion of your um, tokens are locked up in reward NFTs, that actually offers you some price protection from dumping. And what I mean by this is a lot of times when people are looking at um, good, good, good buys, like for tokens and stuff like that, um, if your reward NFTs suddenly um, drop in price, but your token and the value of your token is higher than what it would be um, in comparison, like, um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that if you have the majority on a DEX or open out in the market and you have a solid price and the, the price of your reward NFT stiffs, that actually offers 
um, like an arbitrage opportunity to buy up those tokens. And the reward NFTs won't control that price. No, the, the market should, in theory, hopefully, uh, help to designate the price of those reward NFTs. Um, there's additional factors to, to, to think about because, yeah, there's art attached to it. There's community aspects. It's not just an NFT with tokens in it. It's got more to it. But um, because nobody can dump those tokens within that reward NFT, there's a little bit of a protection there from dumping. Does that make it's sense? It's potentially powerful. It's potentially powerful for for liquidity as well for whales, right? Like, if I was someone who wanted to get uh, a, a decent amount of tokens, right, and I wasn't afraid of being vested, um, and I didn't want to move the price too much, I could potentially sweep the floors of all these um, vested NFTs trading at a discount, and ba- yeah. basically get an OTC deal that doesn't um, doesn't move the from a from like at, at least a direct. Um, you know, moving liquidity, like a moving yeah. price, I could buy all these NFTs. It could move the price from a sentiment perspective that there's no NFTs on the market. But if, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of NFTs trading at 20% discount from, um, you know, market prices, then, you know, you could, you could likely um, just sweep that floor and, and not, not move the price. Um, as well as that, it's a great revenue kind of potentially a great revenue model in terms of like royalties and stuff like that attached to, um, these, you know, NFTs trading a discount because if there's a healthy market around it and there's trading going on actively, you know, and, and there's royalties set there, it's, it's quite a it's quite a cool premium. It's like, hey, you want these tokens at a cheaper price or you want to exit from your position early, then you're going to kind of um, give up a little bit of a premium for doing so, right? And yeah. that's extra revenue that can be collected by protocols, et cetera. So it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the options right now and, and the different trading um, strategies that are going to come from this, I'm super excited to see how that all unfolds. Because even as I'm talking to NFT projects, um, we're working out new ways of looking at what this could offer our market. I'm even, I'm, I'm even finding out, oh, oh, wow, that's a new utility I didn't even think about. And I'm the one helping to write a lot of this documentation. Um, I'm very excited. Um, as soon as we can start opening everybody's imagination about the opportunities that we're providing, um, I think things are going to go wild. Well, we want people building on top of it, right? It's composability. You want you want um, protocols coming in and actually taking use cases and going, "Hey, how can we how can we make something yeah, crazy and cool absolutely. with it, using these utilities?" Right? There's so many like possibilities. It's almost adding another layer to DeFi and, and adding a whole extra layer. Uh, on yeah. top of things and, and the text under there. So, you know, well, I was, I was also thinking, and this is one that I'm super excited about because I've been playing around a little bit and, and some of the Dow Dow stuff is that your Dow now could attach your Dow tokens to a reward NFT. Um, and so now your Dow members could have representation on an NFT and be able to stake them and, and to also gain more Dow tokens over time because of their commitment and staking. Um, so that, that's that been super interesting to me. I, the cool, one of the cool things about Juno that I've noticed is that they're DAOs. They're, they want to be experimental and really lead the forefront on DAOs. And, and, I'm, um, and I, think, I think DAOs in DAO-DAO should really come and talk to me. <laughs> I, um, one that I'm talking to now, and I don't think they've listed on DAO-DAO yet, but they are a DAO is aqua um 
and they are really interested in putting their DAO tokens into um, NFTs. Um, so I've been working with them. Um, but um, I've also uh, this week uh, joined uh, DogDAO and I'm super excited about it. <laughs> um, no, we don't have any deals or anything like that. Although if they decided, the DogDAO decided they wanted to do NFTs, I'd be there for them. But no, I joined with my dog and now I have a dog that a token. Um, Fuji is my dog and he has um, made it. <laughs> so Jay, um, obviously that is the first use case and, and that's going to be, you know, the space tapes, um, the, the beta apps and, and utility. I know there's, there's a lot of extra uh, NFT utility coming to the marketplace, potentially not uh, directly, like not not from, from day one, but I know that there's a couple of, really other cool uh, features that these DeFi NFTs have. Could you could you break down a couple of uh, the upcoming use cases for potentially NFT projects and protocols and ways they can um, use these revolutionary NFTs? Um, so one of them was, like I said before, was the airdrop model, right? Um, airdrop to pay back some of your tokens and then there's token protection there. Um, I talked to just about DAOs right now. Um, I consider the beta tester apes as one of the use cases. Um, I'm, I think traditional models um, of beta testing just rely on a beta testing group that isn't super incentivized to participate. Um, now they will mint a reward NFT. They will get token rewards from that reward NFT or be able to sell it. Um, whereas if it was a normal model, they probably wouldn't get anything. And, and the real thing is, is I can assure that they'll give me feedback because if they don't, they probably are um, hitting a wall with being able to get their token value out of it, right? So I consider that as um, a use case. Um, me and you talked about the, as a, and, and so another one is what me and you just talked about is enhancement to um, like IDOs. Like I said, I don't think it's a good idea to make it as a primary means of IDO, especially for a large project. But I do think um, you could enhance your IDO with reward tokens for your participants in the IDO. So you still have the effect of locked up tokens, but people can get out of their positions. Um, we can keep going. Um, suppose we look at staking models, right? Um, like regular staking, like the traditional model of protocols staking their um tokens or you put your tokens in um you stake them you get some more tokens for doing that but you can remove them in most cases at any point and sell them well suppose you had um reward nft stakings um you could stake your you could essentially you're essentially staking tokens in the reward nft model um earning off of it um but people can exit that staking position without dumping all of your tokens um what else so i was more thinking along the lines of uh, potentially the the lp uh nft oh, yeah, potentially yeah. taking See, a high one. level maybe taking a mm -hmm. high level of that for maybe um understanding that and how that's gonna kind of work with the lp yeah um that's another great use case um so suppose you're a protocol who wants to earn um or wants to gain liquidity, right, for your token. Um, you could also do an NFT sale um, in exchange for LP tokens, right? 
So on a high level, you and you tell the market or you, you, you set up on loop NFT marketplace and you do a sale for LP tokens. Um, we can do a launch model or we can do what I'm going to be calling the minting studio later on, which we can talk about later. But essentially you contribute or they contribute LP. You give them a reward NFT that will give you, um, will give them your tokens over time in and you essentially get um, the liquidity for your token and you can put it on whatever marketplace you want. We'd like to see it on loop marketplace, the decks ourselves, but you literally could put it anywhere after a certain time frame, and you would have the liquidity for your, um, for your protocol. Because that's one of the biggest things for, for protocols when they launch is they need to make sure that people can buy it and sell it. Um, and this would be a way to gain that liquidity over time if it's lacking in your current market. Does that make sense? Definitely. And it's a, it's a way of, of gaining a protocol and it could be on launch, right? So a, a, an issue that you see in a lot of ecosystems, it's not Terra and I found in Terra and Cosmos, it hasn't been so much of an issue, but in some other ecosystems, projects launch with very, very low liquidity. Sometimes they do it on purpose uh, in certain ecosystems, but a lot of times they launch with low liquidity and, and that's all can often be an issue in terms of either there's a big token dump or a huge pump and then a dump from being low liquidity on launch. So, uh, yeah. you know, oftentimes projects have to spend from their own actual um, IDOs or their own kind of reserves to seed the liquidity pools on launch. Uh, yeah. And, and so this in this, so, but in this case, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have users um, contribute their LP tokens because if you're trying to do this on launch, you'd probably just start with USDC. And you would use that USDC to purchase um, LP. So it'd be, it's the same concept. It's just what you would actually purchase. The, um, the uh, POL reward NFT, as I'm calling it. Or you can probably find a better name. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it'd be a great way upon launch is to say, hey, we want a launch pad. We're going to use this for liquidity. We're going to create NFTs that have our tokens attached to it as reward NFTs. We're going to charge um, what the market is buying at the time. Um, maybe it's related to what we think our reward tokens will be. That's, you know, it's all going to be, um, it's going to be speculative at first. Um, and you're going to get USDC or other stable coin in order to take and use to purchase a liquidity for your token. You'd also be able to um, pair that USDC with your token, right? So if you got a whole bunch of USDC and you had your reserves of tokens and you paired them in an LP, that's actually doubling what you had, right? Um, and now your um, participants or the people who minted, now they get a reward NFT and they start to get some of that value back over time um, through the reward staking. And I should note that our um, UI on the, the, the marketplace will show projected APR. Um, obviously, it's an it's an up and down thing based on the price of the token, but um, we will be uh, calculating that sort of information so that people know when they at least at launch um, that what kind of um, return that is projected, or at least what kind of tokens you will get over time. Awesome, Super Terry, do you want to uh, add? Uh, you got some uh, tricks up the sleeve in terms of questions there. <laughs> well, I think you've taken most of the best ones. Uh, but I mean, I guess what I'm interested in uh, is, is essentially, again, just to recap, uh, 
the NFTs have a number of different uses, but essentially it allows a locked position to be traded. The original owner, let's call them owner A, who, who mints the, 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 the NFT contract, for want of a better expression, they obviously take the initial emissions. At the point of sale, they retain the tokens, but the residual value is purchased by the second person, potentially third, fourth, fifth. And that's all done in a very open and transparent marketplace where you can see the remaining emissions. Is that right? That's my understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to be able to see what's left on it. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and this is also uh, uh, something I want my beta testers to make sure is working right too, right? As far as I know, it's working right, but I need my beta testers there for me because I'm sure they will let me know if those numbers aren't working. <laughs> we want to get them perfect. Absolutely, and I guess the other aspect as well that really really appeals is that the the, the tokens that are emitted as part of the unlock from the NFT could be. A new launchpad tokens, for example, they could be a specific token to a project. It could be a, a loop token. They could be a range of different things. So I think that adds a lot of flexibility. Possibly where I was slightly lost, uh, but but it is it is um, I'm still recovering from the the rare heat wave that hit the UK over the last few days, which fried my brain and many others over here. So we just don't cope with that. No such thing as aircon in the UK. Uh, but is how the LP positions will work. Could could you almost in layman's terms perhaps just explain a bit more about how that aspect would work so i'm just trying to get my head around that so currently you probably you probably don't even really need to think of them as lp positions right um not currently um because essentially what you're doing is you're either contributing to a protocol's ability to for them to go get their own lp right or you're going to contribute and the other alternative is, is you're going to contribute an lp token to them you're not going to get it back once you have contributed this lt LP, lp token you're just getting a reward nft now in the future we are looking potentially at doing um some sort of ability for protocols to use nfts to um to gain um or to borrow like essentially borrow LP from a user. So what this would be, and this was the original concept for what we were calling it, NFT LP bonds, um, which have not gone away. They're still a concept. Um, they're just not the first um, implementation. Um, essentially, you um, you get an NFT that represents your your bond position and you stake it. And because you're staking it, that means that that liquidity is secure for a protocol. So the protocol will reward you with nft to, or with tokens um, as long as you have it locked up and the lp is secure um, and there will be terms where eventually um, you will be able to get that lp position back from it um like i said that's not our first use case because i do think um the the reward token or doing a reward token sale using usdc could actually be significantly more useful to a protocol. Um, so we're, we're going to see how that, that works out and what kind of demand is for the, the concept of borrowing um, LP tokens. I think both are Thanks. important. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Simon. I think they, they could be, I think they're, they, they will, they're interesting and people are definitely interested in them, but I do want to see how the first implementation plays out before we move into the next stage. Um, For sure. So that's, that's I, probably what we're looking at. 
I think both are important and we've seen this happen across, uh, I can speak from an IDO launchpad perspective across uh, different ecosystems. We've seen the uh, like launch pools and liquidity launches become more common in other spaces. Uh, some of it's got to do with, you know, locking uh, LP at launch, but also from a user's perspective, it's been kind of a cool way for users to kind of circumvent potentially rug, potential rugs and all this sort of stuff because they can contribute um, they could contribute like funds to a project that is locked in an LP directly that the project potentially can't, um, you know, dump or sell or do any sort of stuff. So it's almost a way to kind of, um, you know, kind of contribute to a project in a way that, you know, it locks, it locks liquidity into that protocol. Uh, and they don't, uh, you know, they don't just get a bunch of cash that they can spend for whatever, which is like, we want projects to do that. But I think in from a consumer's eye, in some ecosystems, like if you look at BSC and you look at some of these others, there is there is concerns around them, like uh, about use of funds and all this sort of stuff. So it, it is a, like as as it grows, it's also a, it's a use uh, it's a powerful use case to have those options as well. Uh, where users might go, hey, I don't want to actually do like an not regular IDO for a project, but I will do an LP and make sure there's liquidity locked there. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you for that thorough explanation. I think the potential is huge, and I really am excited to be part of that uh, that beta apes test group, sort of uh, finding our way forward with with a very new and novel concept for NFTs, which I think is, is for me is the most exciting aspect of it. Uh, in terms of, I guess, another key question for I'm sure for many listening both now and later, and, and, and I'm a bit late at saying this, I normally say this at the start, thank you as always to Terraspaces for capturing all of these important events to allow people to listen back at a later time and, and, and enjoy them at their leisure. And, and and also uh, cut out the awkward pauses and and uh, <laughs> the, the 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 initial uh, rugs and so on that sometimes happen in these things. So yeah, I mean the important question for me now is: Do we have a date or a range of dates where we're likely to start seeing you know, the the beta apes land, and then obviously after that the space apes, and then beyond that the uh, the first of the other projects. Obviously, we had the AMA the other day, which is a very enjoyable experience with, with traders. So it would just be great if we had a, a sense of possible timings to, to come out. That's an excellent question. And first, I want to deflect that by saying thank you to Terra Spaces as well. <laughs> He's going to make me sound so less awkward. Um, <laughs> um, I, for our ranges, for our, our timeframes, I want to begin my beta test at the end of this month. Um, I'm not going to tell you a date, um, but it is within the 20s of July, right? Um, yeah, I don't want I, I don't want anybody to run off and, and and tell me when on the day that I thought that I might um, launch, even though I didn't. <laughs> um, but right now, I can tell you everything's on track. Um, traders. Um, I want them to launch within three or four days after the beta testing event. Um, I've, I've had such a great time talking to Pepe Silva. He has been really awesome. And I'm, I'm honored to have his, his project as um, our first main project launching. Um, he's been helpful in giving us feedback and um, just participating in um our early conversations and and honestly as our first project he's helping me kind of figure out how everything should run so i've learned um so much in taking his project to launch at the end of this month as well um 
And then we're going to start looking into NETA Troopers, Aqua. Um, I've got a project called Space Forgs um, that's actually I'm super excited about. Um, we've been in talks to all go um, within August. Um, oh, I'm really excited about, um, so Knotts is starting a project called Trailer Park Kids that I'm super interested in. It's, it's, it's edgy. I like it. Um, also in August. Um, so we've got so much stuff and that's, it's going to filter through after our first launches at the be at the end of this month. Does that answer the question enough? <laughs> Absolutely. You knew I was going to tease some alpha out of you. So, oh, absolutely. That's that, that's that's my job. Uh, but no, no, that's fantastic. I think I, what we're saying is after the initial launch of, of the beta test apes, there's going to be a very exciting pipeline of new projects hitting Juno on the Loop NFT marketplace. And um, I think it's fair to say, uh, as we do these on a regular basis, uh, we're going to be looking back on, on this sort of conversation in a few weeks' time and going, wow, I'm, I'm optimistic and confident about that because there's going to be so many other elements coming in. I can see as well we, we do have um, some other speakers coming forward. I was going to say this is probably the point at which, um, as always, in, in our regular sort of weekly discussions, we love to have you know, other audience participation. So um, I can see um, a name that's familiar, although we've not spoken directly before, um, Agoric. I may have mispronounced your name, but uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the floor. Hello, Agoric. Take it easy on me. I'm new here. Might have gone to get food. I don't know. All right. Next. No, um, we, we got a spot yeah. for you, Agoric. Are you ready? <laughs> We're saving a hot seat up here. Hot yeah. seat. They got right. It looks like you they got right. You can always rugged. come back. Yeah. Um, scare them <laughs> off. Scare them off. Guys, keep yeah. in mind, um, these spaces are, the, the way that we run these spaces is a very open forum. Uh, you know, we obviously started with the, the NFT marketplace, but uh, Superterra and I like to run these spaces that are quite an open um, quite an open forum for questions and topics and, and, and sort of stuff, especially, you know, starting with the NFT marketplace. So feel free to jump up as a speaker and ask questions or, add any comments, uh, any ideas or anything like that. It's, um, yeah, definitely an open forum for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to reiterate, uh, fantastic to have yeah, this alpha from the Loop NFT marketplace, but it is intended as a as a general opportunity to share you know, new projects, new opportunities as well. And, and I, I notice uh, Sunnyside Reapers are here and I, and I saw an announcement earlier today on Twitter. I understand you guys are set to launch very soon. I can see uh, lots of familiar faces on here, um, including my uh, my good friends, uh, the Stone Ducks on here. Uh, you guys are obviously progressing well with your comic, which has just been launched. Uh, also, DeFi Jedi, looking forward to our own first spaces for some time tomorrow night. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, sort of thumbing through, I can see lots of uh, lots of Cosmos regulars here as well. So please, you know, do uh, do press request and you know any questions that you want to ask of Jay. Jay heads up the. Uh, Leap NFT marketplace, and obviously, great opportunity to have we're having Jay on the show here just before the key launch of this new site. So no, no pressure there, Jay. It's, um, it's but okay. obviously, if, if nobody has questions, <laughs> I can get on like a monologue. Um, I, I do like to talk, so uh, just let Excellent. me know. Just let me know. <laughs> Is this Shakespeare now? I'm getting an hour of this, guys, and everybody else's too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, one thing we do love to do on this show is talk. So that that's really good. Well, it looks like, unfortunately, as I say, Agoric had added the big build up there. And I think and I know several people got rugged, including Simon at the start of the spaces. Um, our good friends from Twitter haven't quite worked out. Uh, how to move beyond their beta test phase for for spaces because i'm convinced that we're still in the early stages of spaces adoption um so as i say i, I can also i won't say monologue but i can certainly you know, share more alpha uh, really good to see a teaser earlier today from ps labs a little bit of uh, cryptic symbols if anyone saw those i think they may be moving or doing something with with another collection is my my own supposition based on that <laughs> we will we, we'll see um so that's that's quite exciting um the the polygon uh juggernaut continues as well i've seen more projects announcing that they are uh moving on um sad to see that one particular project seems to have disappeared uh, it's fair to say the coin flip flipped off so hope you weren't invested in that um so that's disappointing so i was talking to those guys a few weeks ago but they've literally ghosted everyone by deleting their profile so i assume they've either had enough or something strange has happened in the background there i'm not going to say the name but there was someone who ran off with a treasury in the old uh, terror world so who knows who knows but um, i'm not not here to speculate too much i'm about the projects that have survived want to survive want to flourish um, so we've oh, great, hey, excellent we, super <laughs> oh. we, uh, we on that I, I did want to mention that we are doing vetting. So if anybody wants to hear more about the vetting, uh, we can do Ooh. that because I do. So it's not it's not a full KYC, but no fully anonymous teams will be launching mm -hmm. um, on our pro on our protocol. Um, I do. I definitely look into the people who are launching um, their social media. I have a face to face um, meeting with them like a video call of course is global mm -hmm. but i do have a meeting with them um i i have certain requirements if they decide to be um synonymous right like so not everybody is going to be a public facing person and fully doxxed but there will be people that are um synonymous and that's fine mm -hmm. but we have additional requirements for that um everybody should know that i've at least looked at talked to and got the names of every person who is launching with us so there is a little bit of value add in that. Um, everyone should know. hundred percent. Other marketplaces. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I wasn't even thinking along those lines. It was more a case of the projects that have disappeared. But I think actually having that um, confidence of you know, XYZ person is a named person um, really does fill me as, as someone who's, who's looking to, to buy into these projects with a lot more confidence. I mean, crikey. Anyone who's been in crypto for more than five minutes has been rugged on something and it kind of comes with the territory. But to know that we're trying to do the best we can to vet is, is really reassuring from a marketplace perspective. So I can see now we have um, Primus, uh, Primus uh, Cryptus, great name. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, just a quick question uh, for Jay. So, um, looking forward to the marketplace, uh, but when that's all set up and live, uh, my question really is, uh, with the NFT projects that will be on board uh, on the marketplace, will 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 Loop be providing um, uh, directly, uh, you know, information about traits and rarity, that sort of information for each of these projects? So, will that will you leave that to sort of 
the community, much like we have Hubble tools doing for Stargaze and uh, some other people doing for doing the same, providing the same services, community based uh, for, for some other products. Or will it be like formal, like Loop is providing when we go to the marketplace and we, we click on um, an NFT, we can see, will you be providing all the, uh, not just metadata, but actually rarity guides and, and things like that. So you will be able to see in, um, in your UI, you'll have a dashboard and you will be able to click on your NFT and you will be able to, to see the rarity data there. Um, now that obviously is reliant upon if they have that in the metadata that they've provided, of course. Um, if it's there, we can read it as long as it's, it's been submitted to, submit to us in OpenSea metadata format. Um, so it'll be a little bit enhanced. Um, you won't have to do a whole bunch of special things to glean it. Um, and you'll be able to see its percentages, like how rare it is. Yes, you'll be able to see that. On launch, um, we might not have all of the calculations um, fine-tuned, but that is on the roadmap. And I can even show you, so I don't know if there's some screenshots that went out um, from the Loop NFT account that showed what the details would be for an NFT, but they're um, under the rarities, we have like a, um, like a gauged bar. So you would be able to see the percentage of rarity or like um, essentially how rare it is in comparison to other NFTs. So, yes. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, and like I said, it might, it not, it's not going to be perfect on launch, but we're, that's definitely something that's in our UI, that's on our Figma. It's happening and it's, it's a priority. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Price. Great question. Great question. Um, anyone else? Don't be shy. Uh, as I always say, we don't bite. It's a very friendly, uh, very friendly forum. So if anyone's got more questions for Joe, Fant uh, for Jay, even where that's just come from, from Jay, <laughs> for Jay, please do step forward. And uh, if not, if, if you want to sort of share you know, the latest things happening with your project or indeed just some general observations on the market, uh, please do step forward. Uh, we'd, be, we'd love to hear from you. And with that, uh, we have someone stepping forward. Excellent. Yeah, again, I reiterate, these are very open spaces. Um, you know, Superterra and I have been running these for, for quite a long time. It would have been since December, potentially, right? Um, and we run them as open forum discussions and questions and stuff. So, yeah, don't be, don't be shy. Yeah, I think it was either back end of November or start of December. And um, I actually listened to one of the early ones the other day. And um, yeah, yeah, obviously, there's a lot, bit of rust there at the start. But, but, um, but we soon got into a very nice uh, rhythm with the different spaces. Um, I can't bring myself to listen to some of the ones just before the crash because we were so full of the joys of optimism of life. But, uh, but I actually think one of the best things we did uh, as a community was continue despite what happened um, in May. And, uh, and I think that that's kind of given us a new lease of life. Um, so we have um, another speaker up, uh, a new one for me, as in new to me, um, Everything Blockchain, a fantastic username. Uh, welcome, to, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, so my question, is kind of tricky it's not really related uh to the product per se but it is more it, it i would i would say it expands into into a much wider uh belief or question uh investing is a risky business for all of us right i mean we we know 
all the users, anyone who is in the crypto space knows um, how it works. We have to do our own due diligence. However, at the same time, I also, I also believe there is a certain responsibility which any of these launch platforms need to um, need to consider. What, Jay, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I want to get your perspective of uh, how do you see yourself being responsible for some of these protocol or for some of these uh, launches that would come up in the future? I mean, obviously, you did talk about uh, doing a bit of due diligence in that sense that uh, you would not have any of uh, any of the anon, uh, uh, I would say, um, uh, founders or uh, project uh, and on projects on it but how do you see do you think uh, that uh, these IDEO platforms do share a certain responsibility and they need to do their work in that sense before um, any such project comes up and at the same time the other part of the question is what do you think about um, some sort of escrow model in which some of these funds are retained with the platform which is the launch platform for a certain amount of time as an insurance uh in the long run while they're trying to raise uh raise the funds and perhaps uh which gets released at certain stages of that i mean it is tricky but um in that sense no one has done it so far so just to raise um some thoughts around it thank you Okay. Yeah, that, that is a, like a, it's a high level discussion on that end, but I can tell you what my personal opinion is. And none of this is obviously investing advice, right? So I need everyone to understand that before I talk. But so my version of vetting is just very basic. It cannot ensure that this is not a rug. It cannot ensure anything. Um, if I knew it was a rug, they would not launch on the NFT marketplace. I can tell you that immediately. These are deterrents um, that I'm asking for. So if I see your face, if I know your name and I know around where you are, um, I can, in theory, help a community member to submit some sort of report. Um, now, I wouldn't be, um, I don't view myself as responsible for um, NFT protocols funds. But should it be obvious that somebody stole all the funds from the community, I would like to help holders give a little bit of extra information about the person who did it. Um, and that's all I would be able to do. Um, um, and so because there's no real requirements um, for NFTs in, the, in this manner, right? No legal requirements. We're just trying to do our best to make sure we're decent human beings in all of this, <laughs> right? Um, and so that, that's my theory. I want to be able to help potentially, but I'm not the warden. Um, I will not be, um, charging the effort to escrow funds, but I will be charging the effort to give transparency. And so what I mean by transparency is, is something that I'm, I am actually getting added to our UI is some basic information. Um, where the royalties are going to that wallet address, right? Um, what are the founders' social medias? Um, that sort of thing be put on the launch pad. Um, how many um, NFTs um, does the project want to hold back? I think users should know this information. 
they should know what contract address the community funds are going to. Um, and this would only be available on the launch, right? I'm not going to be able to maintain for the secondary marketplace where all these projects go. But for the launch, I think everybody should be have transparency on base, certain basic information and know that I've at least seen these people and I have their names, you know, the names that they gave me, of course. Um, and that I have no intention of launching um, scam projects. And if I knew, if I suspect that they're a scam project or they want to, to remain 100% fully anonymous and never share their name or face with me, we're not going to launch them. And that's what I can do, right? But I can't be responsible for um, a project that follows all of these guidelines at the beginning, gives all this transparency, and then decides to call it quits, right? Like maybe managing the community wasn't for them and they disappear. Maybe they get stressed out. Well, that's not a scam. That's just somebody who decided to quit, right? And I'm not the warden there. Um, so that's my opinion on all of this. Yeah, I, I could probably add one as well because um, myself uh, building an IDEO launch pad. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, similar kind of road uh, to, to, to that questioning and uh, able to add some insight. I want to add as well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy Jay and say it's not investment advice. Um, I don't, <laughs> uh, the, the, the main thing I want to say here is, is, is a couple of things, right? Firstly, um, you know, uh, with the NFT marketplace and same with the IDEO Launchpad, the, the aim is to, to be a platform for users to, to utilize and build on top of and projects to launch on top of. We're not the, you know, we're not the, we're not the daddy, right? We're not, um, you know, the idea is like obviously to, to, to be an open platform. The second piece is obviously the vetting project is really, vetting projects is really important, right? Um, I know that with the IDEO Launchpad, we're going to have a pretty stringent vetting process uh, through a DAO council coming onto the platform, making sure that it's not just the founders are, are, are like um, are vetted, but you know the project, the revenue, the the, pro the protocol model, the the tokenomics, revenue model, all this sort of stuff. Um, but that's a little bit kind of more advanced, and it's slightly different to like maybe an NFT project launching um, because you know it's kind of more you know quality projects launched on a launch pad. Um, I will say though, like. The, the other thing to keep in mind when you, in terms of like a, you know, looking at, at, at early stage projects is investing is risky and does come with risks, right? It, it, even if you're an early stage VC in, investing, you know, in an early stage startup or you're investing in a early stage uh, protocol, there is risk. In, it, there's a risk attributed to that from a perspective. You could, you know, be an investor, invest in a project and that might, that project might die, right? That project may not succeed. It may not go um, where you want it to go. So that's also a consideration to have around, um, you know, it, it is investing, it is risky. I think it's important for us to have the right disclaimers around that too and go, you know, everybody invests, they want to make money, they want to, you know, they want the project to succeed. But a lot of these projects aren't going to succeed and different things are going to happen. As Jay said, you know, some projects will fade away. Some projects will just give up because they realize it's just too hard and some will failed to penetrate the market. This goes for both NFTs and it goes for IDEO platforms. So the best thing that, you know, uh, depending on the way that you set up your platform, whether you set it up in a very permissioned way or like a kind of a more non-permissioned way is to do a best job to um, vet founders to make sure that we, um, you know, avoid uh, rugs and, and do our best to kind of vet that depending on, you know, kind of the, the level of what you want to do it. Um, but I guess the disclaimers is where this is important. And uh, just to touch on your 
your concept as well of uh, escrow. I'm still tentative with that. I've seen there's a there's an IDEO model coming to uh, to Cosmos uh, called WeFund, which uh, is planning to use that. Uh, I haven't looked enough into that model, and we haven't seen that model in practice to say it. Uh, I think it yeah could be a great idea. I'm personally opposed to that a little bit, uh, from a personal standpoint of, um, I think as a platform, at least from what I want to create, is I don't want to be the 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 mediator for this, right? And um, we've seen this with other, you know, with other uh, IDEO launch launch platforms in other you know ecosystems where they have a escrow and you know they do refunds if the project goes under IDEO and all this sort of stuff. And I I personally think that like we should vet this project enough for these projects to have responsibility over those fund their own funds um, and be able to run their own, you know, platforms about us having to micromanage their, um, you know, their, uh, their milestones and, you know, the arbitrary thing that is like, well, what, what, you know, who decides whether this, I mean, I guess the community could, but I think it just gets into this, this micromanagement thing. And I think it's better to be able to offer tools to the community like LP bonds where users can, decide to directly invest in, you know, potentially the LP for that project rather than giving them funds directly if they want to kind of get around that, if that makes sense. I don't know if that answers your question or, um, yeah. Thanks, Simon. Um, this is a broader discussion. I mean, I, I do understand there's no, there's no right or wrong answer here. And uh, these are some of the most fundamental questions. I respect your sentiment, but at the same time, I uh, do not agree to the point that you said, yes, when you invest in a business, when a VC invests, you do consider some other factors. I mean, obviously, all the money that that you pour, that is poured into the team, right? There, it does not work with the same model when you're investing in this space, especially if you're talking about drugs. And again, being Anon is, honestly, it's not, uh, it, it honestly does not matter anymore. I mean, with the kind of, uh, things, uh, projects with known teams have managed to uh, exploit billions. I don't want to get into that, but yes, I mean, it's happening all around. That's no measure. You can do as much as wetting as possible, but at the end of the day, if it has to happen, it is going to happen. But uh, the only um, thought that perhaps I wanted to um, kind of echo uh, generally is um, that there needs to be some sort of responsibility also in that sense, which has to go beyond beyond betting, a simple betting process or just knowing the teams. I don't know what the answer is. I cannot tell you. It's, I mean, this is what it's limited to or not, but it was purely with the intent of uh, driving the point and maybe, maybe just plant a seed to think about that. So thank you. Honestly, from a, a broader perspective, I think um, we have to be careful when we are trying to do decentralized um, platforms and what level of centralization we start adding to them. I'm interested in finding the ways to make teams accountable that are also decentralized. Um, and right now we haven't seen a whole lot of that. Uh, maybe so the DAO, so concepts of DAOs is, is a beginning. Um, and, and transparent UIs for DAOs, like with DAO-DAO, that's like one thing I have seen. Um, but when we talk about just holding, you know, one centralized entity and giving them the power of saying you are responsible, 
remember, it's not just um, giving them like a responsibility to do extra work. It's also giving them the centralized power to control how everybody else essentially sees these projects, right? Um, it's we can make or break them. And I'm not entirely sure a centralized entity should have all that power. A decentralized entity should. Um, so we need to look at ways that we can make these decisions and hold people accountable in that way, that people still have the ability to make their own decisions. So it's a tough, broad concept, you're right. That's it. That's yeah, it. We sh we're shifting into like the different landscape, right? Like it's the, di the difference between, you know, offering, creating a platform and, you know, obviously these vetting processes are already a slightly bit centralized and, and it's potentially required, but it's like, well, you know, who's, who's, are you, you know, the messenger or the, the kind of like, if you're holding one person responsible for creating a permissionless platform, it's kind of like, well, are we just going into the centralized finance? Why don't we just go into the centralized finance space? And I, I know that's probably like, there's, there's probably a lot of different ways and it, different ways this can be used, but like, there's also like the idea of creating a, a marketplace that is, um, you know, that, that doesn't require a centralized body to govern it. Right. But then at the same time, you've got, um, there needs to be safeguards and vetting and stuff in process. I fully agree that there needs to be uh, checks and balances in place so that we don't get what happens in some of the other ecosystems around rug pools and all this sort of stuff. So I think it's still a discovery phase. And I think um, there's a fine line that gets towed there. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that, you know, if, you know, the, and the responsibility thing is like, Hey, you know, the founder has the responsibility of every project that comes on and all this sort of stuff. I think, I think it's got to be kind of like, it's, it's a little bit more than that. And we have CFI. Hey guys, Simon. Good to see you again. Jay, how is everybody? Um, <laughs> Hello, Sophie. Good to see you. I feel like it's been an age, right? It's been, it's like been a bit been since I caught up with Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what uh, the gentleman is basically saying is uh, what he wants to see is a, a video game that contains elements of governance, that contains elements of like securities laws, that contains elements of enforcement, and all these sort of processes that like we think of as like traditional like government and just human civilization <laughs> like so oh, the hybrid model yeah the, by the time yes. yeah by the time you get all of that in there um you know it it is uh uh there's also when you add complexity you add layers of attack vectors too like jay was trying to uh, allude to um having been uh part of this uh terra council to distribute funds to like projects that um you know are still building on terra for example there's like a distribution of funds and you know i this is the first time i've been on one of these committees and somehow or another i was volunteered for it uh, it turns out it's a lot of work a lot of meetings like <laughs> and i'm not getting paid anything for it <laughs> and the only thing good that can come out of it is people griping about something or another right so it's like no good deed goes goes unpunished and like jay is saying you know, if, you know, she decides, well, these people don't seem particularly trustworthy and it turns out maybe they are, then, you know, she, people are going to be upset with her. And if it turns out that someone seems trustworthy and it turns out they're not, then, you know, they're going to be upset with her. It's almost like you can't win that. Um, and I think the, 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 the ultimate solution for these problems that are described, um, I think what people want is really transparent code. They want the, um, the activities that happen to be sort of uh on chain so that 
all the activities can be really transparent. Like, for example, when we did this council, you know, we have this group of five people and we're chatting amongst each other. Some people in the council know more about, say, for example, you know, dealing with spreadsheets and other people and other people know more about, you know, code or whatever. And so everyone has their sort of like uh, take on the situation, none of which are perfect. And even as a group of five people vetting uh, which project is legit and which one's just going to take money and waste it, even that's impossible, right? So either, either you hand it out randomly, you know, th these funds had to be distributed either randomly or through some vetting process. And we couldn't figure out a perfect vetting process. There's almost no such thing because it would take infinite amount of time to get infinite vetting. And you would have to have everything from like project KYC to who knows what. And then even if you add like other layers of things, like, you know, we talk about NFTs and roadmaps and all that, right? Like w if you have a roadmap and, you know, how are you going to codify that the roadmap for that NFT has been met in order to say, for example, distribute like uh, vested funds or something like that. So any, any layer of complexity you add lay, adds layers of additional coding and then perhaps even additional enforcement. Like who, who enforces if someone runs away with someone's money? Like you, you're gonna send the cops after them? You, you're gonna go after them, Simon? See, the, pro the problem is, is that like- Yeah, and insider trading potentially. Yeah, like, yeah. Opens up insider trading risks, right? Yeah, like, for stuff. sure. There's definitely insider trading risks. There's no question about that. It'd be like someone at the SEC or some you know, securities organization you know, like knowing that they're in their their group is doing some, you know, uh, let's say, for example, they're doing an investigation of some company and they're aware that like their investigation may impact that company's stock. It's not exactly insider trading, but it's almost, you know, like it gets to using information asymmetrically that you shouldn't be and all this kind of nonsense. So, yeah, it's it's actually quite difficult to develop this sort of decentralized universe that everyone actually wants that is going to be fair all the time. That's just the reality of it, I think. And I, I don't know that there's a... And I, I am interested, like Jay is, about like what, it is, what type of tools does DowDow ultimately create to help the Cosmos uh, be able to create these kind of interesting contracts or maybe NFT platforms uh, to, to help uh, projects you know, gain immediate sort of trust, right? Because... If you look at Bitcoin, it's absolutely trustless. That's the whole concept behind it. And it's the reason for its existence is discussions like this. And then you have teams of people building things like NFTs. And by definition, it's a trusted entity. And how do you trust them? And how much do you trust them? And how long do you trust them? All these like variables come into play. And I don't think anything can ever guarantee that like all the stars will align all the time, even like highly vetted companies that are regulated by, you know, actual national regulators in your various countries, even those end up having, you know, fraud and drama and whatnot, even with an entire government and enforcement and threat of prison and all the other crap that goes behind it. So I think the odds that we're going to get rid of all that in DeFi, especially in certain layers of DeFi or in, or in NFTs, I think the odds of that are basically zero. Like of like solving the problems in completely. So I don't I don't know. I'm not sure if the energy is best spent there, or like is energy better spent in some kind of diversification strategy? Or I'm not really sure. Maybe you guys can comment on the theory there. I, I think I think it's levels, right? I think it's uh, my potential. My 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 uh, viewpoint on this is is like uh, disclaimers and and having kind of platforms that maybe vet at various levels, right? And depending on where you invest or where you play, 
um, you have an understanding of potentially the risks in those marketplaces. Like you may have, you know, very strong, like obviously like the idea of platform building I was talking about, you know, having a very, very strong vetting process, right? So being open with the disclaimers that there's a very strong and stringent vetting process for that, right? Well, then you may have a permission, like a permissionless platform that is like meant to be more open and less kind of like hands-on and is kind of launches more pro- projects can kind of launch themselves and do this sort of stuff. And that's going to be less vetting. So there's going to be higher risk. So depending on where the users decide to play, right? Um, then they, you, as long as you openly disclose the risks and the potential kind of pitfalls of that, I, I kind of see that as important because if you want to create a platform where, you know, it's very gated, there's a lot of vetting, that may be really more exclusive, right? Like users may not, like if you're doing an IDO on a platform and there's really high quality vetted project, well, everyday users may struggle to get in those IDOs if there's high competition, there's high demand, there's high stuff. But users might want to investigate, you know, potentially smaller community-minded projects and smaller things, which the vetting may be, may be less intense, right? But then there's also higher risks involved with that, where that, you know, there may not be strong backers, there may not be strong stuff. So, um, you know, maybe there's like a higher risk reward, or maybe there's just like the understanding that they're community projects and you want to support like, uh, you know, some developers that are building some cool stuff. And that might like evolve into something a lot bigger down the line. So. It's just a different, I guess you're going to have a different uh, playing field there. Hey, uh, so on a side note, uh, so from the perspective of you guys have obviously at Loop uh, a pretty extensive uh, sort of like expertise in, you know, creating a DEX and then, you know, you were working on an NFT marketplace on Terra um, before the meltdown and all that. And so uh, I guess now you're, are you focused less on, the DEXs and more into the NFT side, or are you trying to create some kind of hybrid of all of that? Oh, is that me? Uh, is that me? Yeah, you can touch on that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, um, we're doing, we're trying to focus on the, um, yeah, hybrid, right? Um, NFTs um, being more of a way to do a lot of other DeFi concepts, and that includes, you know, trading DEX, right? So, yeah, hybrid. I think it all plays. Sorry, I think it all plays a part, right? These different pieces all play a part, right? You're launching NFTs that have tokens attached. Well, it makes sense to have a deck, right? It makes sense to have a place to trade and launch these projects and launch the liquidity and and tokens. There's also an IBC aggregator going in there because I believe, like I think, um, from a revenue standpoint, a revenue model, it makes more sense to kind of have your own pools, but also be aggregating other decks rather than just trying to compete directly. and the idea is to collect revenue and not just emitting models, for, emitting tokens forever. So I think it's, it's all these parts that play together. And more and more, as I think um, Loop ecosystem evolves, these, part, these, these parts will play together a lot more. Yeah. What, what do you guys see as the like, most uh, friction-free way, ultimately, that you want to see people go from, uh, say, for example, fiat and getting all the way to... Uh, participating on loop marketplaces uh, in the future? Do you want to see, like, uh, you know, do you think this is going to happen via Adam? Do you think, like, it's going to happen via Juno being Juno being listed on central exchanges so users can get in easier? Do you see, do you see like, okay, well, uh, maybe, you know, there'll be a new form of USDC or something like that on Osmosis, and maybe people bring in cash flow that way. Right right now, I think the most obvious way to get into systems is via Atom. It's probably the most widely available 
of the um, sort of IBC capable coins. It's like, you know, it's kind of everywhere. The transaction fees are low. And uh, uh, the only problem is like, it's not obvious to the end user that, you know, Adam sort of gets you to these projects necessarily, unless they really dig into DeFi and NFTs and find your, their way there. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't like advertise, uh, you know, getting to Loop, right? So, so what, like, where, how do you see money coming to places like Loop in the next few years? There's definitely some UX issues currently um, in Cosmos, and I know that there's a lot of solutions being developed around that. Uh, Cardo's coming, and that's going to be a great way for users to be able to kind of unwrap into USDC on Juno and a few of these chains. I think that's going to be useful. I think it's about exploring other models and other ways in which that can happen, and, and sex listing may eventually happen too uh, as a way of getting in. It's a little bit harder with things like USDC on platforms like Osmosis and Juno because they usually um you know bridge the cw20 tokens and when they get sent from a sex they typically have to have that chain um available to be able to transfer over so i think there's some issues there uh, i know personally like uh, I, I, it would probably be similar with loop from from the pad perspective of what i'm building and the idea is to kind of have integrate cardo into idos and into buying the token so you can kind of uh, buy the token with a couple clicks or to ido with a couple clicks i really want to from that, from, from the, the pad perspective, I really want to be able to connect in potentially MetaMask from other ecosystems or wallets from other ecosystems where they can kind of like bind stuff in a frictionless way and the swaps are done in the background. For example, you could like come in with, with ETH, for example, and then you pay for the IDO in ETH and then behind the scenes it bridges and then swaps and then does that. That would be like a really cool way of doing that. As far as getting money to the ecosystem, I think Cardo and, and figuring out Potentially solutions like that, right? They're bridges that are um, that aren't just Cardo because not everyone wants to go from the bank, but potentially that's exactly what I described, where a user can kind of send their like a bridge, they can bridge their ETH over, and then it swaps into another asset behind the scenes. Could potentially be a good way. Like even if you're like uh, sending USDC, and then like that comes in, and then that you know just like a regular bridge, but they they come with risks as well behind the scenes too. So yeah. Yeah, like as a, as a US user, um, you know, I, I'm finding that pretty much anything that involves going in and out of uh, centralized exchanges using something like USDC has um, basically ridiculous fees from the perspective of any significant numbers of hops in terms of exchanges. Uh, you know, once you get to Cosmos, it's not bad at all, obviously. But getting there and then getting off of Cosmos is still a high friction process. And like to me, like the magic bellwether is going to be like when you see from Cosmos, you're able to pay your bills, right? Like you can, you know, get your yield in Adam or Juno or whatever it is. And then you can basically tie that to a debit card, use your yields from your NFTs or from your, uh, you know, staking rewards or whatever. And you can pay a bill with it. Like that's what the average person actually, you know, could need or use. And then, you know, then you have people moving their money back and forth in and out. They're really used to it. And then next thing they're going to do is buy lots of other cool shit on the internet with their, you know, newfound internet money. And that's like in Cosmos right now, like that was sort of like the dream that Tara was about to sort of like create until of course UST fell apart, but all the major infrastructure was like, like right as it was like literally at the my fingertips, you know what it, I've waited coming. like twenty years for, like was right it, about coming. there. So, like, <laughs> you know I, what I mean. I, I will tell you, it's coming. It's coming. 
Um, think about like the growth of Cosmos. And I also want to clarify, uh, we're probably going to look up to wrap up in a couple minutes. I know it's pretty late for Super Terra and stuff. Um, but just from that standpoint, look at the growth of, uh, if you look at the growth of, uh, you know, Cosmos, October had, 15, I think it's 15 uh, chains live. There's now 47, right? So the so what's happening is you're getting this, this, this growth happening in Cosmos and it hasn't been led like Terra, um, which is the adoption wave. It's been led more from a developer-focused wave so far. Um, but you're going to get this flip where, you know, it's been focused on developers and now as there's more eyeballs coming in from other ecosystems, users, normies, you, you're now going to get a lot of more on-ramping platforms, a lot of platforms that integrate uh, Web3, um, metaverses, NFTs, and everything like that. So it's it's a bit of like a, you know, so far you're going to get the, the DeFi infrastructure built, you're going to get the like developer infrastructure built, everything um, as that expands. And then, you know, as these these on-ramps come on and users get in and more platforms move over, you're going to see the shift to to really work on, on, on the things that Terra kind of focused on. Terra was also different because Terra had a stable coin. Uh, well, it wasn't a stable coin, but we thought it was. Uh, that that uh, you know made this a lot easier. And there's still no uh, there's no kind of major stable coin on uh, on Cosmos yet. But you know, all it takes is is a platform like MakerDAO to come on, come over and set up their own chain, or um, like USDC to come and set up a hub on Cosmos where liquidity is on Cosmos, and we'll see that all change. Currently, it's too hard because there's, you know, there's bridge risk uh, coming into Cosmos. So, like, if you're a platform and you're keeping your treasury, for example, and you in even even Axelar USDC, there's risks there involved because you're using a bridge and there's exploits. But as soon as like Circle comes, like, I'm not saying that that's the solution, but even in the interim, comes and sets up a hub, for example, in Cosmos, where the liquidity is on Cosmos, you're going to see like everything blow up to another level. Yeah, like I, I, I don't own any stable coins at all at this point uh, on Cosmos, Axelar, or otherwise. I just feel like on the whole, the bridge risk is just simply um, like it, it's not really clear what it is to the end user. Like if a problem happens, that's what I was going to say. Even on Loop now, like if you're buying, you, if you're going to like sell NFTs and things, is it mainly going to be sold in Juno or like what is going to what are going to be your major trading pairs and such? A question for you, Jay. Okay. So initially, we're starting with USDC. And so we'll be, um, our decks will have USDC pairs on it. I don't know all the different um, pairs we're looking at because I'm not on the decks. But our our first um, NFT minting um, token will be USDC. Um, So, and we're going to do this this in phases, right? So we're going to start with USDC. We're going to open it up to Juno and Adam, some of the basic standard ones, um, and kind of give projects sort of a, a say in what they want to mint with, right? So, for example, Nita Troopers, they have a certain amount that they want to mint in Atom, right? So we want to make sure that their users can mint in Atom because that's, that's what they want to do as a project. Um, so we're opening that up, right? And then eventually, since we are also a DEX, we're going to have it where we, we want to have it so that you can contribute anything for Mint. And it doesn't really matter um, because they can all be traded with our own DEX to give the, um, the desired Mint token um, to the launching project. And no, I don't so, know all the pairs <laughs> yet. Sorry. I, I think we're going to look to wrap up. But yeah, that, that's 
that's a good one to like just to look at is once once there's a native stable coin on cosmos that has liquidity um you'll see that landscape change a hell of a lot like as soon as a hub is set up with circle or set up with where there's a liquidity isn't bridged in from an outside ecosystem the bridges in cosmos are really good because they don't have that bridge risk so you'll be able to have a hub that sends um you know usdc or stable coin to different to the, all the different chains and then it will enable a lot of these uh these platforms to build on top of this without that risk of uh, exploits in the bridges which we don't want to have so that's that's really exciting um i think you know if you've got any final thoughts super terror um i think we're going to wrap up this space um i want to thank you know c5 jay nft marketplace and everyone for jumping up and um you know contributing we, we run these every single week um and the turnout's been awesome this week so it's been amazing mm. to be able to kind of like bring this in Absolutely. And to reiterate, uh, been a fantastic space. I think after an initial uh, chat at the start, uh, Jay sort of lit the whole kind of touch paper to get to get the spaces going. And uh, yeah, we've had some excellent um, guest speakers on tonight. We'll be doing this again uh, next week. Uh, we'll, we'll have our general sort of format of um, yeah, open forum for discussion. Um, we, we usually put out the invite uh, a couple of days before, but uh, as always, looking for um, yeah, fresh perspectives. And I think for me, uh, great to see CFI again. I know we, we briefly spoke in, in, in other spaces early this week. I think uh, uh, a sense of some of, some of the, uh, the old guard returning in, in, in numbers, which is fantastic. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we were all somewhat uh, hit by what happened in May, but I do feel that this is a great example of out of the ashes of, of, of a challenging situation, a fantastic new one emerges. And let's be honest, um, probably good that it happened when it did, because if we'd had another two years of building in that uh, environment, it would have been far more painful and far bigger. Uh, but to know, I always try to look on the optimistic uh, positives, even if a, of a cataclysmic event, uh, that's, that's, that's the way I'm wired. Um, so no, no, thank you, everyone. It's been a really, really enjoyable spaces. I've spent a lot of it passively listening, which is unusual for me, but no, but enjoyable at the same time i'm going to now attempt to sleep in what is a slightly cooler uh, evening than it was uh, before i know simon you and i've had some good banter about the fact that uh, even the hottest of british days are nothing compared to the australian summers but uh, but yes uh, we, we've really uh, uh, sweltered under the heat the last few days but but no um on the positives I think to, to reiterate one of Jay's comments, um, in the 20s of July is when we'll start to see the, the live action from the uh, Loop NFT marketplace and a whole plethora of projects to follow the beta uh, test apes. Obviously, there's the space apes, there's the uh, Tradors or traders, um, as I should call them, uh, the, the, the triple O always throws me. Uh, and there's a whole raft of other projects, uh, Nessa Troopers and, and, and many others uh, sets to, uh, set to join. So I will look forward to, I'm sure, many future uh, spaces, explorations of those projects as they launch, and obviously coming back regularly to look at how the Loop NFT marketplace develops you know, with, with the, the staking, the emissions, the ability to effectively trade locked, locked positions to support project launches. And obviously, I was, I was uh, very pleasantly uh, enjoying my time on the panel on, on Monday, for those of, those of you that listened to the Eclipse Plaid uh, launch uh, discussion. Uh, very exciting as well. So many great things are coming to uh, Cosmos and so many great things are already here. So it is really wonderful to be part of this uh, growing community. 
Uh, and I will also, in the next few days, I've had a few uh, technical issues, be looking to get a couple of loop update articles out as well. And, uh, I'm trying to get back into the back into the saddle on those. Uh, I'm almost at 200. So <laughs> for those of you who, who, who like to read a bit, there's, there's, there's plenty of new content uh, set to flow from my uh, metaphorical pen fairly soon as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, all it remains to say is thank you to all the guests. Thank you, as always, to Terra Spaces. Great to see Cosmos Spaces on here tonight as well. Uh, we did have uh, a sort of brief electronic chat. And I don't know if Grits is on, but he's been incredibly helpful and supportive. So again, you may you may hear this afterwards. So thank you for your uh, advice and support ahead of this spaces as well. So really great community, great to be part of it, great to grow with it. Thank you very much. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Into the Cosmos, Loop Beta Apes and Marketplace Launch, hosted by SuperTerra. Recorded on Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a bit Something kind of uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little has to do with what everything is But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves the future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Terror spaces.